Dan Bongino. All the Sanders supporters love throwing bombs at me, and I throw them right back. I'm not here to pull any punches, right? The Dan Bongino Show. This is the great irony of conservatism. Even liberals win under conservatism. Get ready to hear the truth about America. Are you suggesting you're that stupid that other people can run your lives better than you can, even though the cost and quality of what they buy, quote, for you doesn't even matter to them? On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hanging in there, babe. How about you? Great. Hey, thanks again for a record month of listenership last month. We blew past our prior record, so thanks to you. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank it means a lot. Hey, uh, let me get right to the content of today's show. It's brought to you today by our friends at Freedom Project Academy. I love these guys. You know, a lot of you have problems with the public school system, government-run schools, Common Core, all this junk. You're looking for another option. Listen to me. I got one for you. I had to post this link a couple times because people emailed me and said, what was that school you were talking about? I said, it's Freedom Project Academy. Now, if you're worried about your child's school not lining up with your family values, which I have been quite a bit, sadly, consider our friends at Freedom Project Academy. They're a fully accredited Judeo-Christian live online school for kindergarten all the way through high school. No common core and thankfully government free. We always appreciate that. Freedom Project Academy provides live teacher instruction, folks, 24-7 online access to recordings, assignments, grades, and even tutoring. Check them out. Take a look at Freedom Project Academy online and go request your free information packet today. Tell them Dan Bongino sent you and go to their website. It's fpeusa.org. That's fpeusa.org. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. All right. So I got an email uh, yesterday Mm -hmm. from a listener and, uh, you know, I get these once in a while, rarely, I would not be, uh, you know, exaggerate or, or try to diminish negative emails on the show because we do appreciate feedback from the audience, even when it's not good, but we do rarely get them. Thank, uh, thank the Lord. And thanks to you. But guy was upset. I'm not listening anymore. This USAA thing really upset me. This is a member owned company. It's costing us money. Hmm. Listen, brother, I don't know what to tell you, man. There are big fights going on out there, and you can pick the right side or you can pick the wrong side. And I'll be damned if I'm going to be lectured by anyone. I don't pat myself on the back. I don't give you my resume in every show. I don't tell you how wonderful I am. Matter of fact, a common theme of the show, Joe, at least once or twice a week is... Mm -hmm. Dan Bongino is a sinner, folks. I am not your role model. I'm just a guy who has a viewpoint, does a lot of homework, and is trying to save you the time of reading the news every single day if you're a busy person. That was the whole purpose of the podcast. I'm not your spiritual advisor. I'm not your preacher. But I'm going to be damned if I'm going to be lectured by anyone about how I was a member of USA and I'm going to lose a $100 refund check this year because of a, a boycott against USA that you were part of. <laughs> Too bad. I was a member of USAA. I lost a ton of money on this. You have any idea how much money I'm going to lose on this? Do you know how I I had to spend an entire day of my life canceling them? And by the way, just to be fair to USAA, they have rescinded their decision Mm -hmm. to to pull their ads from Hannity and reinstated the ads. And I therefore have, although I canceled my car insurance, I have kept the brokerage account open there. But folks... And Joe, you know my story here. Yeah. Maybe this guy doesn't know my story. Gee, my apologies. You lost a few bucks, pal. But there's a war going on here. A serious. You think this is a joke? You think Media Matters and the George Soros funded operation by Angelo Corazon runs at Media Matters? You think these guys are you think they're not playing for keeps? 
These guys are playing to suppress conservative voices, conservative ideology. These guys are playing for the institution of far left liberalism, pseudo socialism in the United States, the destruction of liberty and freedom, the taking of your money, the taking of your health care, the taking of your child's education. Gee, I'm sorry, pal. You lost your hundred dollar refund check. Go find a new podcast. Is this isn't for you? This isn't a joke. You gave up a hundred dollar refund check. You know what I gave up? Let's see. I was 12 years into my Secret Service career. Had 13 years to go. It's a 25-year retirement. I only gave up, let's see, health care from... Paula, can you pick that up? Sorry, that fell. My uncle, I, I lost in Vietnam, is, I have a thing of his... Uh, you know, when you do, you know, when you go to the wall, you yeah. can't have that on the floor. It just fell right there. It's on the floor. Right. You see it? Can you help me? My wife's in my studio. Don't you don't delete that, Joe. Sorry, folks. This is part of my show, but my uncle Greg Ambrose, who I did the show for, that it died. Hold on a second. Hey, Paula, how you doing? Oh, it's right underneath. It's right underneath your chair, Paula. All right, sorry, folks. But listen, here's what I gave up. I was a 12 year Secret Service agent. I gave up health insurance paid for by the U.S. taxpayers for my entire life. Thank you. My entire life. I have no idea what the value of that is because I have no idea how much health care costs are going to go up for the rest of my life. I gave up my pension. I gave up 12 years of salary. I made over $100,000 a year. I gave up a government car. I gave up a government credit card. I gave up government per diem for travel overseas. I gave up a job I loved in the Secret Service. So spare me, pal, the fact that you're going to lose your $100 refund check from USAA because you don't want to engage in the fight. You want to let the liberals take a big dump all over you all the time. You know what? Go find another show. And I'm sorry I'm really upset about this, folks, because I don't mean to like really uh, I'm not I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer today. But this is a real fight going on here. And as I wrote in my book, The Fight, everybody's going to have skin in the game. There are people who are going to take a hit on Social Security. There are businesses who are going to take a hit because the left protests them and they're going to have to stand for something. I, I gave that all up to run for office. It was uh, Joe. Mm. You remember when I had nothing after I lost that Senate I race? What sure do you think? Do. You remember how tough that was? Yeah, it was tough even to get stuff together for the podcast. Folks, I'm glad you brought that up because Paul and I discussed this the other day. For those of you who aren't familiar with the history of the podcast, I didn't even have the money to buy the microphone and the Mackie mixer to start the podcast. And my wife and I almost had a fight about starting the podcast because we had no money and we had to put it on the credit card. I remember Luckily, that. You remember that, Joe? Sure you were do. sitting in my kitchen and we're yep. like, oh my gosh, this is going to cost $3,000. Yep. We had nothing. I'm sorry you lost your $100 refund check, pal. And I deeply appreciate the email. I'm not kidding. I'm not being sarcastic. But you are in the wrong fight and you are listening to the wrong show. Oh, you cost me my check at USAA because they decided in a in a horrendously misguided decision to pull ads from a conservative who, yeah, you might not agree with all the time in Sean Hannity, but a guy who's in this fight every day. And what? You don't want to lose your refund check? You don't understand the larger war going out of here? Media Matters and Soros's efforts to suppress conservative voices in an effort to keep you quiet? So that the liberals can have a monopoly over the vo- you don't get that the monopoly over the entire liberal, um, you know, the media infrastructure in the United States. What do you think's going on here? Why do you think George Soros is giving millions of dollars to media matters to boycott Sean Hannity because they don't like his hairstyle? <laughs> what is wrong with you? You know, this is the problem. This guy is the problem. This is the problem we have in the country today. Not with the listeners like you, because this is literally the only guy who's complained, but it really affected me this morning. 
The problem is we have a figmo attitude amongst a lot of Americans today, and frankly, some on the Republican side too, the rhino class. Yep. The figmo, figmo stands for, for those of you who weren't uh, you know, in the military or law enforcement, F it, got my orders. In other words, I got my orders, I'm out, I'm good, I don't care if the whole mission collapses, okay? <laughs> you're, when you're in figmo mode and you're like, hey, I want to make sure I get my social security, I want to make sure my gravy train pork project happens from the U.S. government, so I'm going to lobby my congressman, I want to make sure my... You know, my tax subsidy happens, although we screw all the other guys. I don't really care about anything else. Then go find a new show. This isn't your show. I fought my fight, okay? Giving up millions, literally, Joe, millions of dollars mm-hmm. to do this. And Joe knows we had nothing. I couldn't even afford the podcast. We had to put it on the credit card. Well, what do you think? The cable news outlets and conservative review called me right away and said, oh, man. You left your job to run for office in a state you had no chance of winning in Maryland where you ran for the U.S. Senate. We love this story. Can you come on and be a contributor? Uh, wrong. <laughs> You're just making that up. I couldn't. I mean, it was tough for me to find a job for all kinds of reasons beyond the scope of this show. That are maybe one day I'll do a show on that. That's an interesting topic in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until we took some initiative on our own, my wife and I got involved in some business decisions, did some other entrepreneurial endeavors and decided to take a risk on this podcast and other content we were doing that things really took off. So forgive me for this opening here, folks, but I'm not going to be lectured by people like that. I'm sorry you lost your $100 refund check from USAA. But these you have to fight back. And if you're not willing to engage in this fight and go hands-on and take a little bit on the chin here, take a little bit of a right or left hook or a couple jabs, then really, I, I, I don't know why you're listening at all. Go listen to one of these chump shows where they tell you to go along to get along. Go listen to these clowns like Charlie Sykes and these other guys, these rhinos who have no comprehension whatsoever of the larger fight going on. Knock yourself out, but you're not welcome here. I'm sorry. I don't need the money anymore. I don't need the, the headaches, and I certainly don't need to hear from people who, who claim a faux moral high ground. Cost me my refund check. <laughs> Joke. All right, so yesterday, uh, well, actually, a story broke Wednesday night, I believe, in the Wall Street Journal. This, folks, is a really troubling story. And again, not to continue to harp on this, but speaks to the larger fight going on that if you're not willing to take a few lumps here, uh, again, you may want to tune out. This Obamagate scandal, which I have been warning about, tweeting about, podcasting about, discussing on this show, discussing on Levin's show, wherever I can get a voice. I have been warning you this thing is going to blow up. The Obamagate spying scandal where he used the institutions of government to spy on an opposing political party. The Obama administration already admitted it. Mm-hmm. Susan Rice or, or Susan Rice's national security advisor already admitted to the unmasking of Trump uh, Prior, well, it wasn't the Trump administration. Trump campaign officials in the uh, in the uh, in the the presidential election process before he was elected and took office, folks. This is a devastating, devastating scandal. Having been a federal agent and being familiar intimately with how these cases operate, I warned you this was going to be a huge scandal. Major league break. On Wednesday night, story comes out with the Obama administration that seven subpoenas were issued by a House committee studying the Russia influence on the election. And in terms of that Russian influence on the election, also studying what happened with the Obama administration and their, 
use of that Russia investigation to to spy on uh, to spy on the Trump uh, Trump campaign officials. There were seven subpoenas, folks. One of them was issued to Samantha Powers, the former United States ambassador to the United Nations. Mm. Now, you may say, well, what's the breaking news there? Folks, Susan Rice was the national security advisor. And even though it's a political staff appointment, she and I, I, I absolutely believe her motivations were political. Let me be crystal clear on that. But at a minimum, she had she has a small out saying, well, I'm the national security advisor and we thought the Trump team was colluding with the Russians. I, I don't believe that one bit. We clear on that. I'm not not for one second. I believe it was entirely political. But being the national security advisor, she's using her title as an out. You get what I'm saying, Joe? I sure say, do. Well, there were national security implications, even though no one's yet to prove any national security implications at all. What the hell is the United Nations ambassador from the United States, Samantha Powers, being subpoenaed for now? There was a critical moment a while ago where Trey Gowdy, mm-hmm. Congressman from South Carolina, most of you are familiar with, guy's kind of a bulldog. My man. You, I know you like him. Yeah. Trey Gowdy asked John Brennan, the former director of the CIA, in a congressional hearing about the matter. He asked him a few weeks ago, before this story broke, are you aware of any United States ambassador that may have requested the unmasking or the release of the names of U.S. officials being mm. monitored by the, our own United States government? And Brennan hemmed and hawed and said, I don't have an answer for you right now, basically, on this. Now, if Gowdy asked that question publicly and a subpoena was issued for Samantha Powers, folks, you should start putting two and two together right now and you should say to yourself, okay. Bad enough that the National Security Advisor, who's a political appointee, by the way, a political appointee had requested the names of Trump, administ- uh, Trump administration officials so they could unmask them and the, and the, the content of their uh, of their conversations or emails with uh, Russian officials. Even worse is when a political appointee who has no relation to national security whatsoever outside of an ambassadorial role, which is re- which is a- a tangential at best. Folks, we're, I'm telling you right now, this thing is the whether you believe this or not, I, I am I wouldn't say it on my podcast if I wasn't absolutely sure I'll be indemnified by history. This is going to be the biggest domestic spying scandal in modern U.S. history. I have absolutely no doubt about it. It's not a conspiracy theory when it actually happens. There's no Agent Mulder. There's no Agent Scully. This stuff actually happened. Now, I'm not sure as of yet. What Samantha Power's role is, so I'm I'm reluctant, to, but I'm I'm reluctant to, to to go further with this. But if 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 Samantha Powers had requested the names, as a lot of the information starting to point to right now, the names of Trump administration officials talking to Russians and the unmasking of them, which would release the content of their conversations, you have you have a scandal the likes of which we haven't seen in eons. Mm-hmm. Now. Just to be clear on this, folks, how this because there's a lot of confusion on this. And Jim Garrity at National Review explains this well on his email list this morning um, at National Review. He says, here's the problem we had here and here's what was going on with the Obama administration. This is a big, big problem, folks. This stinks. There are two types of 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 metadata that were being collected. Well, one type, but two methods. There was. Upstream and downstream data. All right. The upstream data, Joe, the metadata, the email stuff that was being collected was data that had entered and left the United States. 
So they could go to a switch. Let's say there was a, like a shipping port. Mm-hmm. Let's say there was an email port where all emails leaving the United States left, say, the port of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's the best analogy I can use for you. The upstream data was the data collected at that port. So basically any email that was leaving or going. So that system, that upstream system, folks, was obviously going to collect a boatload, pun intended, of information because anyone who emailed overseas was going to have their data collected by the NSA. Mm-hmm. There was a downstream system, too, that collected domestic emails that were sent by, say, people who were suspects, terror suspects, into the United States. But the upstream system had more data just based on what it collected. Make sense, Joe? All right. Because it wasn't as targeted. One of the stipulations of the NSA metadata collection program, and what you need to understand here, why this is so dangerous, one of the stipulations written into it was that about information could not be queried in the upstream database. Now, what I I mean by about information, because that upstream information database had so much information leaving, say, the port of Baltimore to go overseas, all those emails, you were not allowed to put identifiers in there that could capture Americans. I mean, let me say this a bit better. In other words, if you had the email address, Garrity explains it well in the piece this morning, too. If you had an email, let's say for a terrorist, terrorist Joe Jones, right? Mm-hmm. You could not put that about query, say email, Joe Jones at Gmail, into the upstream database because you may get a person in there, an American citizen, who didn't email Joe Jones, but that was, say, in the subject of the email or the content. In other words, you were emailing, say, your friend Bob. Mm -hmm. And in the email, it said, hey, have you heard about Joe Jones at gmail.com? Okay, I see. Yeah. All of a sudden, without a warrant, you're reading emails of American citizens who may or may not have anything to do at all with the subject of your investigation. Now, this was happening all the time. Folks, the point I'm trying to make here is that, make no mistake, American citizens were being spied on by the Obama administration. We can argue, and and hopefully we won't have to argue as the information comes out, but we can argue about the extent of it. You can argue about the morality of it. We can argue about the legality and ethics of it. But the fact that it happened is is irrefutable. You, You have to be a diehard, silly, doctrinaire liberal at this point to believe that this did not happen. Oh, oh, it happened. And the fact that, again, Samantha Powers, although that's a, a kind of a separate issue, though, is implicated in this unmasking thing. And the Obama administration has now admitted to multiple cases of unauthorized queries of American information without a warrant. My gosh, how are you not deeply disturbed by this, folks? I mean, if now political officials, political appointees like Samantha Powers could potentially ask for information on Americans with no warrant at all. Where does the private and public self end, as I've covered in these shows before? Where does it end? Mm. I, I mean, I, I've, I've warned you that in totalitarian, totalitarian regimes, the difference is there is no personal self. You can expect to be monitored all the time. What's the difference now? I'm asking a serious question. I'm not meaning to be hyperbolic or mm-hmm. sensational. You've been great with us. We don't, we don't need to do this for listeners. Thanks to you. We can be reasonable here. But I'm really asking you, what's the difference? If there's a back channel to monitor Americans through this upstream collection that has been violated repeatedly, what's the difference? Where is your personal self? Oh, no, I still have a personal self. I can email my friends without being monitored. Are you sure? How do you know that? All right. All right. 
got a couple other things I want to get to, so I don't want to spend too much time on that. But it's a very serious thing. All right, my Patriot Supply. Have you guys checked them out yet? I did a read for them on uh, on yesterday's show. I, you know, I really like this company because I'm into preparedness. I think it's the former Secret Service agent in me, right? You always have to have your stuff prepared. We have hurricane season approaching in Florida, folks. We insure everything that matters in our life, right? Our health insurance, your dental insurance. People have insurance for eyeglasses. How do you not have a, a an insurance policy for food? Now you don't have to go buy insurance for food. Thanks to my Patriot Supply, you can get the actual food itself. They'll send you a one month supply of emergency food, 140 servings. All you need is water to prepare it. Couldn't get simpler. And by the way, if you go to their uh, their website as well, you can see they have a whole bunch of survival gear on it. It's really cool stuff. I really like it. If you go to preparewithcr.com, that's preparewithcr.com. You can pick up a one month supply of emergency food for just 99 bucks. Folks, that is a simple insurance plan to ensure that you can at least feed yourself. God forbid there's an accident. Food's good for 25 years. I'll be long dead before this stuff. Ex- <laughs> I'll expire before it does. Go check it out. It comes in a super slim plastic case. Stick it in your closet. Hopefully you never need it. But if that day comes, God forbid where you do, you'll have it ready. Go to preparewithcr.com today uh, and pick up your one month supply of emergency food. Okay. Uh, there was an interesting uh, piece today about Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And, and remember the story, Joe, we talked about with the House IT staffers that fled to Pakistan? Yeah. This, so the, here's, the, here's the story yeah. in a nutshell. Debbie Wasserman Schultz had hired this uh, group, uh, this, this Pakistani woman and her family to right. monitor yeah. her IT. Mm-hmm. They were her, uh, her IT advisors. In the course of doing this IT operation here, Wasserman Schultz, the, the, uh, the it's alleged because we you know some of the facts in this are I think being deliberately obfuscated by Democrats trying to hide the extent of the scandal. It's alleged that these uh, this Pakistani family that did the IT sent the information to a server that was not part of the House IT infrastructure. Folks, think about what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> by the way, they fled to Pakistan. Yeah, <laughs> they're gone. They're they left. So uh, yeah, and now we we covered the story. So I don't want to go into all the details, but that that's that's the bullet points. Debbie Wasserman Schultz hired this group of Pakistani men and women to handle her IT. There were some suspicious payments. The Pakistani family has now fled to Pakistan. And the allegations are that they sent the information being exchanged on these House of Representatives servers from these Democrats to a server, to a separate server monitored by them. Mm -hmm. Okay, now. So Debbie Wasserman Schultz, instead of getting to the bottom of it, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, that's an expression they love when it comes to the Trump-Russia conspiracy theory, but let's get to the bottom of it. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, they have her computer now, the Capitol Hill police, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz is threatening repercussions if they don't give her the computer back, completely disregarding, by the way, the criminal investigation. But here's where it gets absolutely hysterical and goes to show you again, Democrat priorities are politics first and national security second. They, they, they have no interest whatsoever in understanding what happened with the information that's been sent to like a Dropbox type thing they don't control. God only knows what's on those emails, by the way. Debbie Wasserman Schultz going after the House IT administrator yesterday and was blaming them. He's, it's, it's unbelievable. The Daily Caller covered this today. It's, it's incredible. Debbie Wasserman Schultz is like, well, why didn't you warn us that Dropbox type, th- type services where you can send information? Joe and I use it for the podcast, right? Right. Why didn't you warn us that 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 wasn't available? The guy's like, uh, we did. We sent an email to your house IT guy. Yeah, but you didn't meet with me personally. Um, we sent the email to your IT guy saying we shouldn't be using these data systems. Now she's yelling at the guy and she's trying to pin the blame on him. Wow. Folks, again, another example of of 
Democrats putting national security past their own political ambitions. She knows she's in trouble. She knows she did something really dumb. And instead of taking the blame and saying, hey, I really screwed this up, she goes after the IT guy as if she should have gotten a personal index card handed to her. Don't use Dropbox for classified congressional emails that may have information that could damage national security. And this woman was elected to Congress multiple times. You know, I heard a funny quote the other day. This is good, Joe. And I don't know where it came from. It was, uh, I was reading David McCullough's book, which I'm really enjoying, The American Spirit. Good book. And in there, he, he talks about this congressman. He says, the first thing that's going to happen to you when you're elected to Congress is you're going to go up to the hill and you're going to say, gosh, how did I get up here? He says, and then after about a week of that, you're going to start looking around and you're going to start asking, gosh, how did everybody else get up here? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I ran, listen, I ran for Congress a couple times and we tried, we did our best, but I'm telling you, a lot of these people are seriously knuckleheads. There are some very smart people on both sides. They're not all, you know, I don't want to impugn the, impugn the intellect of all of them, but I'm telling you right now, a lot of people you think have some, you know, the Maxine Waters types who have some deep insight into the operations of the government, you will be severely disappointed. Debbie Wasserman Schultz being the perfect example. No concern at all, but the fact that her information is out there in the ether. She's only worried about getting her computer back, probably so she could destroy all the horrible information on it. All right. Uh, One last story today, because it's been on my mind a lot. I've been talking about these Paris Accords. And on yesterday's show, I mentioned why the Paris climate deal that Obama signed this on to in 2015, bypassing the treaty process by calling it an executive agreement. I don't even know. Where is that in the Constitution? I don't know. I don't get it. This is an international treaty. I told you yesterday why this is more about globalism to them, the left than it is about the climate, because this is going to do nothing. Even the, the Paris Climate Accords, the, the signatures to this uh, to this agreement have acknowledged that if if the goal was a 2% decrease in, in global temperatures, that this is only going to get 0. 0.7, uh, 0.7 degrees of a, if it even works. And by the way, no one's even going to hit those targets. So it's interesting that you're implementing a test for its success at two degrees and you're acknowledging in the agreement that the agreement's not going to, it's going to fail its own test, which is kind of phenomenal, but that's just how the left works. But this is about globalism to them and international rules. So you can't escape the, the, the flowery chains of international governance and international bureaucracy. Believe me, this has nothing to do at all with the environment. As I said, it just acknowledges in its own document, it's going to do almost nothing to fix the environment. But here's an interesting couple of tidbits from a Wall Street Journal opinion piece this morning I saw, which I will uh, I'll put in the show notes. So Germany, Joe, which after the Fukushima disaster, uh, the nuclear disaster, decided it was going to knock out nuclear power, which is just a really silly, stupid decision, hmm. uh, not in context. I mean, you can't do that. You can't just knock it out, an entire power infrastructure. And then think like it's all going to be well and good. This is some here's some staggering numbers. Again, proving my point, what I've told you about liberals repeatedly, that it's not just that liberals don't help you, ladies and gentlemen. It's that liberals actually hurt you. It's not that they don't do what they say they're going to do. It's that they do the opposite and actually hurt you. So liberals who push this in Germany, we need to get rid of nuclear. We need to go to solar and wind. Well, what happened? Now, again, for the liberals listening, this is the facts portion of the show and the data portion of the show. You may want to tune out now. The ideology portion of the show for you has clearly ended, okay? So the average cost of electricity in the United States, 12 cents per kilowatt hour. The average cost of electricity in Germany in 2012 when I did a report on this, uh, 35 cents per hour. 
35 cents per kilowatt hour. Not only that, Joe, state subsidies for electricity have grown by a factor of five since they got rid of their uh, their their nuclear infrastructure in favor of solar and wind. So that's great, folks. 35 cents uh, per kilowatt hour in Germany, 12 cents. Now, you may say to yourself, well, I don't I don't mind paying more. OK, well, maybe poor people do. Has that ever occurred to you? Like, I don't get it. I thought you were the party for the poor and disadvantaged. So you're, you're let me just get this straight. Your line of attack is that because I have a lot of money, I don't mind paying more. But I want to force increased electricity costs on others who don't have the money to pay it so they can what turn their heat down and freeze in the winter. Or, or or what? Get you know steam themselves in the sauna in the summer. I live in Florida. You're gonna turn your AC off down here. Good luck. You have to drink about 42 gallons of water a day. Florida, it's like 97 at night down here. I, I'm 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 really having a tough time understanding the logic there. But okay, moving on. By the way, the five times in the growth of the state subsidy. So taxpayers, by the way, are sending their money into it. Are pulling their money out of the economy to send to electric generating solar and wind companies. Uh, I mean, again, making really rich people wealthier who own these companies. It's just insane. But here, Joe, here's where it gets even worse. Mm, it does. Uh, uh, every time, doesn't <laughs> it? I mean, every time there's always like a double down, right? This is from the journal piece again. You may say to yourself, okay, I don't mind spending more because we're going to clean up the environment. Um, okay. German emissions up. At, uh, this is a quote from the journal piece. As... More coal is burned to compensate for reduced nuclear energy and unreliable solar and wind power. So let's let's folks, let's get this straight. Let, for all the liberals listening, if you're still tuned in, despite the facts and data that are assaulting your brains right now. Right. Your goal here was to do what? To clean up the environment. Right. So that didn't happen because German emissions are up. That's up. Like I have two thumbs. You know, what has two thumbs going in the up direction and is dismantling liberals right now? This guy right here. (laughs) Up. German emissions are up. That's UP, like the movie. Remember that cartoon movie? Up. It was really sad, by the way. German emissions are up. German costs for electricity are up. And German taxpayers are paying five times as much money to subsidize these companies. And the Germans are burning more coal. Mm. To compensate for the crap energy, solar and wind supplies. What the Fukushima were they thinking? <laughs> that's good. Yeah, Paula, Joe said, what the Fukushima were they thinking? That's great. That's great. That's going right on a T-shirt. You're on a roll lately, Joe. There's a, I, Joe, it, you, folks, this is why I, I cannot emphasize to you enough. When I brought up in yesterday's show Critical Theory, right? Please listen to that show. If you missed it, I'm begging you to go back and listen. This is what I've been trying to hammer to you from day one of this podcast. The institutional left, not all Democrats, not even all liberals. I'm not talking about the ignoramuses. I'm talking about the left that really knows what they're doing. They really want, you You have no idea the threat that capitalism and freedom are to them. They believe in the power of the state. Folks, the all-knowing, all-thinking, all-powerful state cannot coexist with human freedom. They have tried throughout Modern human history, ways to suppress human freedom, whether it was through hard communism, Marxism, soft forms of socialism, big government, the tax and regulatory structure, and they failed repeatedly to conquer capitalism, freedom and liberty. They've taken chips off it. There's no doubt. Capitalism and freedom took serious lumps under the last eight years under Obama, but they've yet to completely suppress human liberty. Critical theory is a way to shut down 
dialogue by suggesting that anyone who opposes the state agenda is a white patriarch or contributing to the white patriarchal power structure, and they should never be listened to at all. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to silence those voices. It's a scam, but it's a now I feel bad for these college kids. I mean, I'm really I really mean it mm -hmm. because these college kids have been indoctrinated for years on the idea that white men and people who contribute to the white patriarchal structure should not talk at all because they their their opinion means nothing because they're only their opinion only matters because they're in power therefore it's not it's not objective so if you've been told for four years in your college education that shut white men and and people who contribute to the white power structure up and talk about white privilege and don't let them talk no wonder they attack people what's i mean why are you surprised by that authority figures on a college campus have told them that how does that apply to this environmental argument i just told you that the environmental agenda in germany where it's been pushed has led to the exact opposite results now joe if you cared about the environment and not about shutting off capitalism, shutting off freedom and shutting off free speech, mm -hmm. why would you continue a program that was damaging the environment and costing poor people more money for electricity? Mm -hmm. Because you don't care about poor people or electricity. This environmental agenda is just another disguise of the critical theory left as a way to shut down conversation because what do they do? The minute you open your mouth against something like this, you go, hey, um, I don't think that German thing's working. You're like, you're anti-science. You're anti-science. You don't believe in global warming. <laughs> Kumbaya. And everybody's like, you put the scarlet letter on that guy. He's anti-science. Shut mm -hmm. him up. They're like, what do you mean? I just gave you the science. I just gave you the numbers. They prove your point is not only wrong, but you're actually destroying the environment yourself. This is what the critical theory thing is. Shut your friends up and fight to advance the power of the state. And the German initiatives empowered the state to take control of the energy industry. They don't care about the environment. Now, one more thing on this. I told you also about why they're another reason they're pushing for this is because the left has a lawfare agenda. They love to sue because by using the courts, Joe, are the courts elected federally? Mm -hmm. No. And I told you, I warned you, the left will always resort to the most non-democratic means when they can't win elections, which is often lately, sadly for yeah. the left. Great for us. Now they're in the courts. They believe in lawfare because courts aren't elected. So the reason they want these Paris Accords to stay, and the journal points this out, is that Section 115 of the Accords talks about international air pollution. And it says that the Sierra Club and some of these groups are likely going to look at that avenue to sue, even though the Paris Accords for the United States are not legally binding. That doesn't prevent the left from suing. And the premise is that, well, if we contribute to international air pollution, we can be sued on behalf of other countries. Yeah. Folks, this stuff is a big deal. I'm telling you, I'm not making any of this up. This critical theory stuff, shutting people up, telling people they have no right to speak. You know, and then in terms of environmentalism, this is not about environmentalism. It's about control. It's about control of the state economy. And by instituting a regulatory, powerful, all power, powerful international bureaucracy, which can tell energy companies what they can and can't produce and how, you now have implemented almost full control over the mechanisms of economic growth. The state. That's why. Please understand this. It's not about the environment. Don't be a sucker. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in for another great week of listenership. I really appreciate it. I hope to see you all back on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.